So uh, today I wanted to preach, uh, start my sermon off today by asking you just like a, a simple question. I know it's a it's a weird question to ask to a church community, but I just wanted to ask: Can God be trusted? Right? Um, can God be trusted? Now this may sound weird, but can can we trust God? Can you trust God? Right? And a, a better question to this would be: Can you trust God with everything? Um, is he is he faithful? Is he faithful in everything that he does? And a lot of times uh, we look at God with our understanding of faithfulness. We trust him with kind of like our understanding of faithfulness. And we have to look at our understanding of faithfulness based on the, the human term of faithfulness. And we live in a world where faithfulness and trustworthiness is more of a concept than reality in a lot of cases, you know. Um, some of you guys may have been really hurt by people, uh, your friends or even family members, um, and and putting people, putting faith in people uh, can be very difficult, right? I, I used, I've met a lot of people that, you know, they've gone through very difficult seasons with, you know, uh, people and um, and you can tell that they're just very untrusting people. Um, they, and it's not their fault, right? It's just people may have done horrible things to them. And they've come to this point where it's just really hard for them to trust people, right? We live in a broken world and we live in a broke, a world filled with broken promises. And it's hard to find trustworthiness, like truly like trustworthy uh, faithfulness in the people in this world. But when we approach God, when we come to God, we have to approach him with an understanding uh, that he is absolutely faithful, right? Uh, he, he is faithful. He's not like faithful like us. Um, you know, his faithfulness is, uh, uh, God's perfect faithfulness. That word faithful in the Hebrew is called aman, and the word faithful, it basically means to support, right? Um, as in something can be supported, right? Like, like this chair can support my weight, right? Even though it's like, I'm like over 100 kilos, it can support my weight because it's able to do so. It's built to do so. And in a similar way, that word faithfulness or faithful in God's term is that, that the Bible says that our God is a faithful God, right? He's, he is absolutely trustworthy. Uh, we can absolutely lean on him and we can trust and lean on his word, his promises, because he, he can bear the weight. He can bear the weight of whatever that we may <clears throat> look to him for. He is able to be he is able to support the weight. He is able to be faithful. Uh, we can't attribute to him a human understanding of faithfulness because God is perfectly faithful. Right? You know, like me and Mina, and I, I, I know for a fact that Mina has been and will always be faithful to me, right? Um, and, and, you know, because I, I know her and I love her and, you know, we have this relationship. But, you know, on a human level, that's not, it can't, it's not like, like 100%. I'm, it cannot be like, like, it cannot be a, a like 100% fact to me because of the fact that she is a human being, right? I'm a human being, right? But we, but we look to God who is, uh, can be completely trusted. He's fully trusted because he says he is faithful and he does what he says he does. Deuteronomy 7, 9. <clears throat> I'm going to read this to you. It says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. The faithful God who keeps covenants and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations, right? 
he is faithful and he can be trusted always, right? Um, you know, in the Bible, Jeremiah is uh, considered to have written the book of Lamentations. And Lamentation is uh, one of the shorter books of the Old Testament. Um, and, you know, he's this, Jeremiah is this reluctant, lone prophet who was called upon God to preach to a faithless, idolatrous people, right? To preach judgment and destruction uh, to these people that are just turning away from God and telling them to turn back to the Lord or you guys, you know, they're going to, you know, you know, receive this like, you know, judgment from the Lord. And, um, he was the people, he was the prophet that saw the, his people that refused to turn to the Lord and ultimately saw the great uh, city of Jerusalem fall, uh, his city, uh, he just, it was destroyed and his, the people of God, his people were exiled uh, into Babylon. And Jeremiah, he's, he's said to be the weeping prophet. He's like this, everything that he writes, it just has this, such a, uh, a weightiness to it because it, the, of the subject matter. And, and he writes this, it's like a funeral dirge, right? I don't know if you guys know what a funeral dirge, but it's like this, this poem of grief and mourning. He laments and he cries out, uh, for pain and grief, um, to, for what's happening, um, you know, to his people. And, and throughout the chapters, he's crying out and he's lamenting about the sorrow and the pain that uh, has befallen his people. I just want to read you some of it, um, from Jeremiah 3. He says, I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light, surely against me, against me, he turns his hand against Again and again, the whole day long, he has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tri tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of a long ago. And he goes on like this. You know, he, 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 it says he's a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hi hiding. Uh, he drove into my kidneys the arrows of his quiver. And so he's like lamenting and he's crying out, uh, to crying out about what has happened, you know, to his people and to the people of God. But then uh, in 22, he says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And so he sees his beloved city and the, his people fall to the Babylonians and he's grieving and he's mourning. And even in the midst of this grieving, he cries out, great is your faithfulness, right? God is faithful. And he, and he does what he says and he cannot lie and he, and, and go against himself. No matter how terrible or difficult your situation is, God is faithful. His word can be trusted. Uh, Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not man that he should lie. Or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Hebrews 6.18 It says, So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Right? God is faithful. And he will do what he has promised to do. And he is absolutely trustworthy in everything that he says. Right. And that's the truth. Right. And today our passage is going to come from 2 Timothy 2. 
And this is Paul. Um, is he's at the end of his missionary journey. Uh, he's as he, most most people say that Second Timothy was written while he was in his second imprisonment um, in Rome, and he is about to face his martyrdom. He's about to be, you know, killed for his for the faith. Uh, he's in prison. He's probably this is probably the last letter that he will write, uh, and he writes it to his faithful student, his 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 uh you know his son in the faith, Timothy, and this 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 um the student and this son that he loves. And when we read Paul's word, words, we see a man who is ready to die. He's ready. Uh, he says in chapter four, he's like, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. Um, and the time of my departure has come. So he's basically saying like, no, I'm about to, you know, I'm about to face my death, but he's not a man who's feeling sorry for himself either. You know, he's not somebody that's afraid to die, but one, um, even till the end is enduring and keeping the faith. Um, you know, he's had this crazy life. He's been beaten. He, he, there's a, there's this t- place in the Bible where he talks about all of the things that he's, that has happened to him. He's been betrayed. He's been beaten, left for dead. He's been shipwrecked multiple times. He's been beaten up again, set, put into prison, you know, and shipwrecked. And, you know, like, you know, all of these, like, horrible things were happening. He was whipped with a, the cat of nine tails and all of these like, you know, times that he's been just basically just gone through this amazing suffering and he's gone on and he's planted churches and he's spread the gospel to like basically to the ends of the world world as is known back then. Right. He's gone to all of these amazing places. He's created all of these sons in the faith. He's suffered for Christ. Um, and he's, he's been persecuted like no one else. And all of this, uh, has led him to this final moment, locked in prison, um, and he's about to die. He's old, he's weak, and yet he's bold, right? Um, he has this confidence, uh, and he's writing to his son in the faith, and who's probably, he, he's, you know, Timothy is probably a little nervous. He's probably a little afraid as he reads this. You know, Paul, his his mentor, his father uh, in the faith, is, is about to die. He's in prison, and um, you know, Paul has to reassure him in chapter one. He says, God. Gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, uh, but of power and, and love and self-control. So, like Paul has to kind of reassure Timothy. He's like, "Hey, come on, like you know, like you know, you're not supposed to be afraid here, right?" Um, he's like, "Don't be afraid. Uh, don't be, you know, like don't, don't, uh, you know, don't be anxious." And then he gives him this reassurance that's found in Second Timothy two, and it comes from verse eight. It says, "Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead." The offering of David as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure every everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy for, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Paul is saying, you know, like Timothy, uh, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be times of, you know, trials and suffering and persecution. It's not all about the good times. There will be suffering. But then Paul mentions this saying, um, now, you know, it's it's actually something that's found in in throughout his uh, epi- epistles or his letters, but there are five of these 
like trustworthy or faithful sayings that he puts in his letters, right? There are three in First Timothy, uh, and then the one here in Second Timothy, and then one in the book of Titus. And these were trustworthy sayings, are, 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 were like hymns or creeds or like a, a mantra that the early church Christians had developed to kind of like reassure them and for them to remember and hold fast to these uh, precepts of the Bible. There's like a motto, right? And so this is what he means when he says, the saying is trustworthy, right? He's saying this saying that I'm about to tell you is trustworthy. You can put your faith in this, right? You can put, you can trust in this saying, you know, and, and, um, this, this you can have faith in. It's a, it's a faithful saying. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Um, Paul's talking about God's faithfulness, right? Uh, in the Greek word, it's, it's called pistos, and it's the same word that Paul uses to describe this saying, right? He's saying this, this the saying is pistos. This is a faithful saying, and it talks about how God is faithful. He's pistos, right? Paul's saying the truth about God that Timothy can hold fast to, so that when things don't look so good, when things doesn't like seem to go the way that he wants it to go, he can trust and have faith in this that God is faithful, right? Um, Paul's trying to he's not trying to paint like a rosy picture for Timothy. But he's trying to bring him into what he's experiencing, right? He's like, I want to show you what I'm experiencing. He's suffering, right? Paul is suffering. He, this last letter to Timothy is like kind of a, like a last cry for him to come and visit him. He's like, you know, come, like I'm about, I'm about to, you know, like I'm about to get snuffed out here, you know, like come, you know, like and, and, and join me in this. What I, what I am experiencing, it's like an invitation for him to kind of understand what he's experiencing. He's imprisoned for the faith. He's about to die for his faith. And he says, have faith in this. This can be trusted. This is what I am looking to as I face what I'm facing at this hour. You can put faith in this, in this saying that God is faithful, right? God can be trusted. And when we look at this saying, each part talks about God's faithfulness, right? Each part talks about an aspect of God's faithfulness that we can hold fast to. So let's look at this saying. Let's kind of break up the saying and look at the different aspects of what God, um, what, what aspects of God that we can really truly trust in and he, he is faithful in, right? Number one is he says, if we have died with him, we will also live with him, right? And this means that God is faithful in our salvation. Right. Paul uses this saying many times in Romans 6. He says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Right. That's from Romans 6, uh, verse 6 through 8. Uh, Philippians 121, for to me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain, right? And so Paul is saying that when we put our faith in Christ and we die to our old self, right? God is faithful in saving us. Uh, you will be alive with Him. When we truly put our faith in Him, God is faithful in conquering death for us. 
because Jesus has done it. He's, he is faithful, uh, to his word, right? Paul's facing death and you can feel it. He's, he, he's telling Timothy, put your faith in this. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, death has no power over you. If it's, it's just your earthly body, right? Which is going to die anyways. And God is faithful in bringing you into life with him. God is faithful in our salvation. You know, he can be absolutely trusted to save. He is mighty to save, right? You know, and, and, and this is the, the this is the, the truth that Paul is trying to t- convey to Timothy, right? Is that he is, he is faithful to save, you know, and is this real in your life? I want to ask you, can, can you really believe in this? And can you really put your faith in this? Is he, you know, is he truly faithful in this aspect of the word? Because when we put our faith, when we die with Christ, when we put ourselves, our, our old self to death and we put on the new life that Jesus gives us, he is faithful to save. He is faithful to rescue. He is faithful to bring us into eternal life. And so that's the first aspect of his faithfulness. He's, he's faithful in our salvation, right? That aspect of him can absolutely be trusted. We, we, and that's what we have to kind of, you know, really establish in our life is that, you know, we, he is faithful in our salvation. That's where life flows into our, our spiritual life grows from that reality, right? That our spiritual life starts to like, you know, expand and grow from that reality that he is faithful in our salvation, right? Um, and then the next part of the saying, it says, if we endure, we will also reign with him. And this, my second point is that God is faithful in our suffering. When we endure the suffering of this world for his sake is not for nothing. Um, Jesus said that in this world, we will have suffering. There will be tribulation. There will be persecution. There will be pain, but it's not for nothing. If we endure, he's saying that we will reign with him. Right? Our Suffering is there to build us up, to strengthen us, that in our suffering we can rule and reign with him, uh, and he could, because he is faithful in our suffering, and he is faithful in our discipline. He disciplines the ones he loves, and it's not just to see you suffer or, you know, mess with your head. He is faithful. It's for his good. It's for our good, which is, you know, God is saying, if we endure, if you persevere, if you fight the good fight, and if you endure all of the struggles that that come with following Jesus Christ, God is faithful. It's not like a race where you run this long, you know, race, and at the end you cross the finish line and there's nothing, you know, right? It, it, you know, you just you're like you know, thank you for running the race, goodbye, right? You know, it, it, it's 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 long suffering, right? And 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 it's resisting the devil, and it's 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 doing this thing, but at the end there is a prize, which is Jesus Christ. Our hope of glory. You know, we get to see him face to face. We get to live with him in eternally, e- eternity. You know, and and it's he is faithful to bring about what he has promised. You know, some of you are saying, some of you live your life, your Christian life, and you guys are saying like, oh, you know, this life is so hard. Right? And it, and let me tell you, there will be seasons of your Christian life that's going to be really difficult. <laughs> like if you guys aren't Feeling it, you know, like it might be a season of grace in your life, but as you hold fast to your faith, there will be seasons that become, you know, struggles and trials in your life. And yes, Jesus said it would be this way, you know, and it's about enduring, 
you know, the long suffering, right? That's, that's, there, there's not really a word to describe that, um, in, in our English vernacular, right? And so we call it patience or, or, or long suffering, but there's a, a word for that in the Greek. It's, it's like this, like enduring and long, like suffering for, for something. And, um, and it's about resisting the devil and resist the devil and he will flee from you. But it doesn't mean that he's gone forever, right? We, we have to continually be on this journey when we are just, are, are, are running this race and fighting uh, the good fight. And we, we go, we're going against the, the, the culture of this world and we're, we're fighting and persevering into the things of uh, the faith and the things of God. And God, Jesus is saying, if you endure this, right, it's not just for nothing. Right. You will reign with Christ. Hebrew 3.14, it says, For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Right? For we have come to share in Christ, if, right, this conditional, we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Colossians 1.22, He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. And in the midst of our enduring, we have to know that God is faithful. Right? He is faithful in our suffering, in our enduring, in our discipline, and we will reign with him. The Bible says that we will be co-heirs with Christ. You know, we are sons of God. We are, we are brothers of Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ. So Paul is saying that, that God is faithful in death because we will live with him and he is faithful in our suffering as you endure for his sake and overcome on this earth, saying that we will reign with him. And, and, and he's saying that this is a say, this saying, this is a faith, you can put your faith in this. You, you, this is a faithful thing that you're hearing here. Is because this is God and God cannot lie. This is what he has promised you. And then the third part of that saying, it says, if we deny him, he also will deny us. And and that's my third third point is that he is faithful in his judgment and in his wrath. Just like God's grace is real and perfect, so is his judgment and wrath. God is faithful in his judgment. Now there's a there there's a day that is coming where Jesus will return and those that have denied him have not put their faith in him as lord and savior uh, the sacrifice for their sins if they have not put their faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ he will deny them Jesus isn't coming back to save everyone right he's not He's not grading on a curve, right? Where, you know, like everybody kind of, you know, gets a, gets a C minus and gets by, right? That, that's not how is, is working here. There's a distinct line that is, he's laying down in the sand. There is a line that is, that he's making. And it's, if you are on the wrong side of this line, you will fear, you will, you will experience the judgment of God, the wrath of God, right? And it's his perfect wrath. It's his righteous wrath. It is his just wrath. We read earlier in Deuteronomy 7, 9, right? It says, I know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenants and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generation. Well, the very next verse reads, and repays to their face those who hate him. By destroying them, he will not be slack with ones who hate him. Who hates him. He will repay him to his face, right? 
You have to understand that God is faithful, not just in his salvation, in his, in his, you know, like in, in his goodness, but he's faithful in his judgment. And Jesus and Paul, you know, talks about the fact that some of these people will, will be people that seem like believers. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who does the will of my father who is in heaven, right? Paul says, uh, second Timothy three, it says those having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, right? We have to understand that the God who saves is also the God who will judge. And so there is this question, like, do you know him? Do you know him the way that you have, you should know him? You know, because God is faithful in his judgment. He is, he's a warning to us. Do you, do you truly know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Is he Lord? You know? Or just the concept in your mind. Have you confessed with your lips but not truly believed in your heart? Because God is faithful in his judgment. If you deny him, he will also deny us. Maybe, you know, it's time for us to do what Paul says. It says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But this is, this is something that we truly have to find uh, uh, you know, are, are the truth of the matter. And, and we have to be established in this truth is that, you know, do you truly know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Because the consequence of this is eternal. And it, and, and, and this should either fright, strike fear in your heart or, you know, like draw us to run to him, right? That, that's, those are the two responses when, when the reality of this really sets in, Right, there's two things that can come into your heart. Do you, does it strike fear, or do you run to him? Right, and and this is an opportunity. Right, as as we understand the judgment of God, as we understand G- Jesus, like you know, he's coming back, and he's not gonna you know take everybody. Right, so many of his parables, like you know, the goats and the sheep, and the the wheat and the tares, and all of these things. There is gonna be a line in the sand, and 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 when we when this. The, the weight of this really falls upon our hearts. Right? It should cause us to run to Jesus, run to him, because he is faithful in his judgment. And the last part, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Um, this last statement is different from the first three. It's not so straightforward. right? If we have died with him, we will also live with him. Right, that makes sense. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. There's a difference uh, in the way that certain theologians and preachers interpret this passage, right? And it's in how they interpret the word faithless. I'm taking a, a, a hermeneutics class, and how, and this is like the main aspect of the of the class is that there can really only be one, you know, legitimate, you know, interpretation to like to a passage. And there's really one way that we can read this. And, you know, there could be disagreements. People might read it a different way if it if it kind of like is ambiguous. Right. And this is one of those passages. There's um, certain, you know, theologians and there's certain pastors that um, read this word in, in different ways. And, and the one way. To read the word, that word faithless as it's described in the ESV version of the Bible is to not believe, right? And if we look at this in this way, the statement makes sense and it's true, right? If we don't believe, you know, if you don't have faith in him, God remains faithful, right? If you are faithless without belief, 
God will be faithful still because God cannot deny himself. You know, he, he can't contradict himself. Right? Meaning if you do not have faith, God will continue to be faithful to himself because God is all about what? He's about his glory, right? He's about, you know, you can't just sweep uh, your unbelief under the rug and save you because that would be denying who he is, right? Because he's righteous. Now, that interpretation makes sense to a certain degree. Um, and, you know, if that word is interpreted in that way as like, you know, not believing, not having faith, uh, and it's absolutely true. God is, remains faithful even then, right? If you are without faith in Jesus Christ, God will continue to be faithful to himself, you know, to who he is, right? Now, another way to interpret that word unfaithful is, is in a different way. If you look at the Greek lexicon, another way to interpret this word is to, um, to betray a trust, right? Um, a disobedience, right? And then this passage also makes sense if you read uh, faith, you know, uh, unfaithful in this way, that even if we are unfaithful, right, God is faithful because he can't deny himself. We cannot, he cannot deny who he is. For for me, I hold to this second interpret, interpretation of this word because it reflects the God of the gospel. The gospel isn't just in the New Testament, but it's all over the whole canon of the Bible. It's over the Old Testament. And he's the God of covenant that makes a promise with his people and continues to be faithful to them, even in their disobedience, right? Even in their idolatry, even in their, you know, you know, in the discipline, even in their punishment, he remains faithful. Right? He doesn't go like, you know, I'm changing my mind. Right? I'm going to break this promise I made with Abraham. I'm sick of it. You know, I can't do this anymore. You know, we need to break up. There's going to be a divorce. It's not me. It's you. You're like, you are no longer my people. You know, you know, that's not the kind of God that I read throughout scripture. When I read the Bible, that's not the God that I read. I, I read about a God who, who remains faithful because that's who God is. He's the God of Hosea, right? Hosea, if you've ever read the book of Hosea, he's a holy man who is called upon God to marry a whore, right? And I know you guys think, oh, that word whore sounds really bad. But that's the word that the Bible actually uses to describe Gomer, right? His his wife, right? It's, it's, the Bible calls her a whore, right? And, 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 you know, God calls Hosea to marry Gomer and have children with her. And God has him do this as a representation of God's relationship with his people who are going after other gods. And after Hosea marries Gomer and has children with her, Gomer goes back to her old life as in a life of adultery and a life of, you know, whoredom. And Hosea finds her on the auctioning block, right? You know, of, of, of being sold into like, you know, some kind of slavery and he pays a, like this hefty price to buy her back, right? Right. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the God that I see. When you look at the history of the Bible, when you look at the history of the people of God, I see a God that never like, you know, you know, gives up on his people. He's the God of the gospel. That, that's why you know, it says, while we were still sinner, he, God sent his son to die and pay the punishment for our sins, right? So that we would have life with him. That, that's why I interpret that faith, uh, unfaithful word in that way, is that I don't think that, you know, 
It's it's about us not knowing him or not believing in him. It's like even if we fail, even if we falter, even if we, you know, like disobey, even if we are not following him the way that we need to be following him, God remains faithful. It's the God that says it doesn't matter what you did or how you live. If you turn to me, if you repent and put your faith in Jesus, I will be faithful. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess with if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is no condition where God is going to give up on you. If you are in Christ Jesus, he will never say like, dude, I can't believe you did that. I, I don't know about you anymore. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. It doesn't matter how unfaithful we've been. God is faithful because he cannot deny himself. Now, this is not a license to sin because he didn't, you know, he, he did give us his warning. If we deny him, I will deny you. And some of those denied, you know, will be, have, have the appearance of believers. Some of them are going to think that they're believers. But when God, you know, it says, if you're, if you're faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. It's not a license for you to just like live whatever the way that you want. You know, and, and say, okay, he's faithful. He's going to forgive me. That's not what the Bible is saying. He, he, what he's talking about is when you turn to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, right? When you turn to him, no matter, you know, what we may, we may fall into, God is faithful. He will always be there to bring us back in. He will always be there to accept us as we, as we turn to him and as we look to him. But not only is he faithful in accepting you, he's faithful in forming you and sanctifying you and turning you into the image of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Right? Jeremiah 32 40, I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them, and I will put the fear of him. Fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart, all my soul. For thus says the Lord, just as I have brought all this great disaster upon this people, so I will bring upon them all the good that I promised them. That is the God of the Bible. That is the God. Of Je- that, that is Jesus Christ. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the, this after the people of Israel have been so wicked that God gave them up to be conquered and exiled. Even after so much unfaithfulness, God says this, I will put fear of me in their hearts and, and, and I will do good to them. He is faithful. And when we put our faith in Jesus, God is faithful. There's going to be times where we feel like we have no faith. You know, like we truly feel faithless, but God is faithful. Right? If we turn to him and we endure with him, because every promise that God has given us in his word, he is faithful to fulfill. Right? That's This is the picture of the Bible. And Paul saying this to Timothy. He's saying, hey, Timothy, this saying, right, this saying, you can put faith in this saying. This is a, a trustworthy saying. This is a a faithful saying, right? And 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 he, he says it in that way that you know, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, 
we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And, and this is this is the God of the of the of the Bible. This is the God of the gospel. This is the God of the people of Israel. And and all of this isn't for us to look to God and say, okay, you're gonna always be faithful to me, so I'm just gonna you know live my life the way I want to and just depend on your faithfulness. That's not the message of of this sermon. What I'm trying to say is that God is faithful. He can be trusted. He can be trusted and he can, he is faithful in all that he does. And this should cause us to run to him. This should cause us to seek him out. This should cause us to put, go to him and depend on him all that much more as we realize his faithfulness, as we realize his trustworthiness, right? I want to end with this last passage, Psalms 145 verse 13. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. So let's let's uh, spend some time in prayer. Um, you know, a lot of us, you know, we we may be going through things in our lives, and we may be experiencing things in our lives, and we feel we may feel lost, and and we may feel that, you know, we may be feel in, like we're in a situation where, you know, God just doesn't understand. Um, you know, God, we may even feel God may not be with me. God may have turned from me. You know, God is punishing me, God you know, hates me, whatever you guys have experienced. I know some of you guys may have experienced these emotions in your life, but I want to reassure you, our God is a faithful God. He is a faithful God and he can be trusted. And as we turn to him and as we we seek him and as we look to him, he can be dependent on and we can put our faith in him because he will fulfill every promise that he has said, right? It is impossible for God to lie. And so, Lord, as we look to you, as we look to your your cross, and as we look to the, the promises that you lay out, Lord, through, the, through your gospel and through your word, Lord, help us to seek you and help us to look to you as our faithful and loving and, and righteous and just God. Lord, you are a faithful God. You truly are faithful. Every one of your promise we can depend on. Every one of uh, your 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 promises and your covenants, Lord, will come to pass. And so, Lord, help us to put our faith and help us to put our our dependence and help us to put our trust in you and you alone, or not in the things that we see on on the news, not in the things that we may be able to build with our hands and create with our abilities, Lord. But may we look to you and trust in you and you alone, for you truly are the faithful one. We thank you and we love you. We give you all of the glory and the honor and the praise. And and Lord, bless this community. May you pour out your grace and may you pour out your love upon us, Lord. We thank you in all that we do.